to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hello, and welcome back to the Sugar Coated Podcast. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today. Her name is Padma Ayala, and she is the CEO of Virtue Tech, Inc. But she's not just the CEO of a company. She's also a dancer, a poet, a book publisher, and a founder of two nonprofit organizations. So we have so much to talk about today. Let's get right into it. Welcome to Sugar Coated Padma. Hi. Hello. Hello, everyone. Padma here. It is just so great to have you here on the podcast. And we were just talking before we sort of got started a little bit about your family history and the history of, of your last name and how it uh, really speaks to this idea of having a lot of deep education and scholarly pursuit, um, which is sort of part of your history. And I think that, that that is so interesting, especially when I look at all of the different things that it is that you're interested in, everything from, you know, IT to artistry to also just helping people through your nonprofit organizations. So I would love for you to just tell the sugar-coated audience all about sort of who you are and why you started uh, some of these ventures. Great question, uh, Adrena. Very, very deep and a great question. Again, I'm Padma Ayala. I moved to United States in the year of 1995. When I had, you know, when I moved U.S., that time is a very interesting time because this was pre-Google days. This was, uh, you know, before MTVs and other, you know, all these American channels are popular in India. I came from a rural town, southern part of India, where I think in uh, before that in my life in, you know, just graduated of college and then up until then I might have seen only one Hollywood movie. That's about it. So when I landed in United States, it's completely, completely, you know, new to me in some ways, mind blowing in some ways, you know, I don't know Mm -hmm. how to put my finger, but basically it's missing my family, missing so many things. And so, so it's not easy, you know, to move to an entirely new country. And again, mine was an arranged marriage. So, you know, that time. So I was like, uh, everything was very new to me. From that point to where I am today, the journey is a very interesting journey. I have learned so many things. 
because at first I have to lose many things when I first came here, you know, first thing I lost was self-confidence, you know, because I have to, I didn't know, I know English because I studied my medium of instruction was English, but that has nothing to do with, uh, you know, the the word America, you know, basically how Americans say yes versus how Indians say yes. There's so many differences, nuances, body language, you name it. So I have to learn everything. I have to understand how people think here. So it's not easy at all. But uh, then I became mother in the first one year. So motherhood was entirely, I don't know how to take care of a baby. Baby is what, what to expect. You know, that's a big change in my life. So many life changing things. So that all that shaped me. And but uh, the uh, to answer you, you know, precisely, probably, I would think I, I was a mechanical engineer. You know, when I came to US, I was a mechanical engineer. So, and uh, the engineering piece was also there. That in, in, I had an engineer brain, but I also have an artist brain. So I have both, you know. So the engineer brain makes me look at process and, and the artist brain make me creative, you know, think out of the box. So I think whether starting Virtutech, I would give more weight to my artist brain because of my creative and because of my independent nature and my risk-taking nature comes from the artist who don't think much, I guess. If you keep thinking, <laughs> you won't be able to do anything, you know. You'll only think about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like this person that go and uh, first, you know, dive and then probably I'll think I'll figure it out. So that is the reason probably <laughs> I started this Vachitech. And then similarly, the non-profits also because of uh, my love to you know, helping others. So though I think those made me start the nonprofits. So that's amazing. So did I answer? You? Yeah. And I mean, it it must be uh, very overwhelming to be in an arranged marriage with someone that you don't know a lot about. And then you're also thrust into this new culture. And it, you know, that I think can be very unsettling and then throw a baby into the mix, my goodness. <laughs> that is uh, a lot for anyone to handle. So after you came here to the United States, when did you sort of leave mechanical engineering and start your own business? When did that happen? Actually, though I studied mechanical engineering, in mechanical engineering, we used to have, you know, computer, you know, basically Fortran language and, uh, you know, uh, some AutoCAD. So I had experience, uh, you know, to uh, kind of to the software side of the world. So then I got myself trained a little more and then I started my career in, you know, as a software engineer, more into programming side of the world. So, mm. and in, yeah, first 10, you know, 12 years, I, I really spent time in as a full-time employee working for various companies like AT&T, Cox Communications, Microsoft. And only in the year of 2010, that's when, uh, you know, I started Virtutech. Interesting thing is, you know, I was, the reason why I started Virtutech is I felt that in very big organizations, sometimes you're lost. You don't feel like, you know, you can contribute 
because they, there you have some circle around you. You know, you can only do bigger the organization. You only, but but for somebody like me, I want to do many more, you know, much more. And that's when I felt maybe if I have my own org, I can serve my customers better. And uh, since I have that service mind, I think uh, that's how Virtue Tech started. And and what specifically does Virtue Tech? Uh, what type of services does Virtue Tech provide? Um, we are AWS partners in, uh, you know, we just yesterday we became advanced partners in their data and AI. Basically, we do a lot of uh, data migrations, cloud migrations, you know. So and then also, for example, data today is a new currency or uh, uh, but the same data is gold. But at the same time, you know, you have to yeah, good data. Otherwise, you can make the right decisions. So we help in people right. cleaning that particular, you know, massaging the data. It's called data engineering. So we do a lot of data engineering work. We do a lot of business analytics work, like the reports, you know, that's where people can make decisions that comes out of that particular data. And then we also work on some AI and ML, basically, you know, um, the next level to this. So machines can act more um, intelligent, I guess. So the artificial intelligence, AI and ML projects. So this is what as company we do. We go to our customers, we look into their problems and we give them, we are their trusted advisors. And uh, we, Mm. so that's what we do. Amazing. And so what have been some of the challenges from, you know, starting your company in 2010, you know, through the pandemic and, and to now? Sort of how has your business grown and evolved? First and the foremost thing, you know, um, when I started Virtutech, there no no mentors, okay? Just like I said mm-hmm. to you, the passion to do something good, the passion to solve problems, the passion to help others. And blindly, I left, you know, Microsoft and started Virtutech. So initially, years, it's a big saga, struggle to stand on your feet and to get that trust, confidence. Mm. One, you know, again, here another lady called Amy Fernandez. She is the first person that who gave me a break. She saw me and my, you know, uh, I was working at an individual capacity that, you know, from Virtue Tech, but, uh, you know, through Virtue Tech, but as an independent consultant, I was working. So she gave me that break and she got me into, you know, into giving them more services. And that's when I built a team for her and I worked. And uh, then I became AWS partner. And, uh, you know, in the initial years, even I didn't understood the power of AWS. Again, there also, you know, it took me time to understand, uh, you know, what are their various programs, how they are helping their partners so that they can go and uh, serve their customers better. So after understanding all that, so I think, uh, you know, now we are able to master it and uh, we are very, you know, all our employees are certified. So the growth in the in the pan, you know, pandemic is very, uh, you know, surprisingly pandemic uh, didn't slow us down. Actually, it gave us new avenues. Mm. Basically, before a pandemic, people were not so open to, for remote work. I used to, because of my creative brain, I used to, you know, I am a very social, I'm a very, you know, people 
lover. So for me, I used to get distracted when I used to go to work sometimes when especially you have to document, you know. So you, I used to think like I should, I want to sit down in a room where no one else is there, no distraction is there so I can completely concentrate. <laughs> but people used to feel like if you're working from home, then you're goofing. But thanks to COVID in a way, but uh, well, well, many people suffered, but uh, in a way that opened that uh, openness in people that now people can work from anywhere, any part of the world. That um, it is, you know, hire the best engineers from India. And again, we are helping many rural villages, uh, students, and then, you know, so we are able to help them too through what you did. But so opening up, the, they brought, uh, you know, some new stream of business that we were able to uh, serve through India. And now we have location, you know, India location, Canada and U.S., so that's that's wow. you know that's how that's that's what happened <laughs> post covid well congratulations on becoming that advanced aws partner and just for you know being a woman in the tech world is something of a anomaly right uh which which is completely unfortunate but then also being a woman who started a, a tech company and that is growing and thriving. I mean, what do you think is, are some of the challenges in the, the tech industry and how they affect women? And how are you able to thrive despite some of, you know, the, the stories that we hear around the negativity toward women in tech? Yeah, basically challenges that what today tech industry is facing is, of course, you know, good talent okay good people are in scarcity so that's a overall problem so recruiting good people is a big problem i would say recruitment is new sales now that's a cha- that's a challenge and then especially like i said you know post covid uh, today people are uh, everything inflation is another thing you know because of that whatever the advantage we had, you know, working, you know, people from, uh, people used to take uh, offshore models for cost cost savings. And that's no longer uh, true because, uh, you know, in even in India, mm-hmm. salaries are going rocket high. So these are some of the challenges. So we have to, we are continuously training people. And when I'm doing that training, you know, I, I sometimes go back to 95 Padma, the cultural differences, See, that's where probably my creative, you know, because I'm a classical dancer, because I'm a poet, because I'm a storyteller, all these things help me in, uh, you know, I go back into their shoes and try to tell them that how they should communicate. Because many times technologies can be learned, but it is the attitude, it is the value system. These things are, you know, timeless. So I try to instill these things for the very junior engineers there are instances that i i especially for women engineers i coach them i give them my knowledge to, you know and uh, take care so those are some of the challenges and that's how we try to you know bridge the gap mm-hmm. but um, there are uh, some stereotypes for people that uh, uh, for people to understand that uh, before I was not feeling that much, but, uh, uh, you know, yes, there are instances that I felt that uh, you have to work extra hard because you're a woman, no doubt about it. But I think it's the persistence is the key, mm. you know, 
and then your knowledge is your power when they see you very knowledgeable mm-hmm. when they see you that you are uh, you know solving some complex problem through your success you will tell them that you know i think uh, you'll change their uh, perception i guess mm. so yeah i think we need uh we need a lot more women in tech to kind of you know even though we shouldn't have to but if we can sort of keep running the race, right, Uh, run the marathon to the end, Uh, hopefully things will start to change because I don't think that tech is inherently male, right? It's it's about using that tech and using that data to solve problems and to provide insight. And that is universal. That's human. That is not uh, gendered at all. So, it's uh, something that the tech world needs to have just more diversity in general beyond just gender roles, right? We need to have all different types of perspectives, all different types of people contributing to that data. Because like you said before, you know, data needs to be clean at a certain level in order to truly gain insights from. So you want to make sure that those that are responsible for contributing that data or collecting that data have a broader perspective. Otherwise, what comes out the other end is going to be biased. Agreed. Yeah. You're very right. And and exactly, you're right. So diversity is very important because different perspectives Mm-hmm. And, you know, it will saw how you look at a problem versus how generally, you know, how I look at a problem may be very different and how and maybe finally we both may solve the problem, but our methodology of solving may be different, you know. So it's very interesting. So mm. interesting to, yeah. Let's uh, let's shift gears a tiny bit and kind of talk about the artistic aspect of of who you are and and also about the two nonprofit organizations that you founded. Can you tell us, I, I guess, just to start, like what are those organizations and and what are their uh, missions? Uh, yes, there are like one first non nonprofit. It's called Chanakya Institute of uh, Leadership. This is uh, based on the ancient old Indian wisdom teaching. Basically, we in, at homes, this is pre-Makali time. The, in India, there's a, it's called Guru, Guru Parampara, like from one generation to the other, the gurus used to teach, you know, that that's how the knowledge was passed for generations. And that's how you still in pockets, you can find that ancient uh, civilization, you know, intact in India. So if you see an entire world, so many other parallel, you know, there was a Roman civilization, Egyptian, they, although the, you, you lost them, you can, you know, you won't be able to find it. It is still in India, there's a wisdom for ages and generations, you know, that was kept intact and passed from one, you know, there are many, for example, even our dance, the classical dance, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's written by Bharata Muni. And it's called Bharata Shastram and, uh, you know, Natya Shastra. And it is very, very old. So 
uh, you will be surprised how many beautiful details are already given, you know, in that uh, book. So we try to teach all that, those principles and Sanskrit is another language. So we teach the languages mm. because, uh, you know, this language teaching is again, same thing like I was telling you before. It's a different set of brain muscles. I keep telling many parents, these are for young children that we teach and these are the future of uh, basically we are passing that knowledge again to the next generation so that they will take it and they will pass it to the next generation. That's the idea here. And that's how our great grandfathers and grand uh, you know parents have done that so we are doing the same thing so this is uh, we, we teach telugu we teach sanskrit we teach uh Telugu is my mother tongue, by the way, and uh, Sanskrit. And then we teach uh, dance and we are classical Indian dance. And then we also have some music uh, classes that go along with uh, these things. So this is this is what we teach here for the kids. And again, before COVID, we were only teaching for uh, local Seattle kids. But now after COVID, um, we are also have we have kids children from Canada, we have some children participating from United, you know, UK and uh, India too. So along yes. with the US. So oh, that is that's so amazing. <laughs> yes, and that's that's one thing the Chinese students again here. When I, why we call this as leadership because um, the leadership principles that's the you know been taught by. There's, there's a person called Batruhari called Subhashitas. So we teach them these Subhashitas where, you know, they talk about what are the values, you know, what are the good things, for example, mm-hmm. what one should possess. So we teach history, you know, we teach about uh, great queens, the great mathematicians, all their, you know, history. And we'll teach them, hey, you know, for the children, eighth graders, high schoolers, middle school, everybody, you go and touch them. They are like for their homework itself, they make big deal of it. Like they go, everybody is stressed, anxiety, depression, yeah. you name it. And we, we try to teach them, look at the way then that time they didn't have anything, but this, they conquered so much. They build so many things. So we make them think that we will tell the story and we'll ask them to analyze. And then, you know, so give them that confidence and then give them a different perspective for problem solving. Mm. So that's exactly what we do through this. That's why we call it leadership. And then we call the Chanukya is a great, uh, you know, caller from uh, ancient India. And uh, he is from the time of uh, Chanukya Niti. And he's the original person that were in an Shastra. So anyway, so we take all those principles, Patruhari, Chanikya from Upanishads and Gitas, and then all this essence of all these lessons we teach to the children. Gosh. So that's just the one, one, one non-profit that we do. And the, and along with the classical dance, of course. So second thing, what we do is uh, that's called Grama Lakshmi. It's a, Rural villages in India, empowerment of women. So when a Mm. mother is strong, then the family is very strong. Mm. So so we try to empower women and children in the rural India, but in a very organic way. Mm -hmm. What I mean to say organic way means not through the new, you know, we always think that new is good. Well, uh, you know, the the truth is not necessarily, you know, true. Mm. Sometimes there is, again, like I was telling some, there is a wisdom like what my grandmother used to have. I used to observe as a young kid, 
some you know they have some beautiful way of how you know they in agriculture some organic way of doing things very holistic very healthy and so we we preserve such knowledge from them and then we empower them create them some more you know like a microfinancing some of the people that in the villages they have uh, there is some temples that are around surrounding them they have they sell jute bags or bangles or something so we we look into them and then we see how to make them you know stronger so that and then give them the all educate them with the good in the right way of taking care of their health and their children and all that so mm. so those are the two things that we do that's absolutely wonderful i i i love the idea of you know, in the first nonprofit, this this diversity of uh, perspective and leadership, and turning to ancient wisdom in order to empower children today, and so that they can take that forward. I, I think that's so important for young people, and not just for young people. I mean, I was listening to you talk and I was like, gosh, like I would like to (laughs) attend this institute. (laughs) But then, you know, also giving women the knowledge that they can, they have what they need at their disposal to be empowered, right? To empower themselves and that they don't need to sort of step outside their every day to embrace that feeling of empowerment um, and to hopefully make changes that are beneficial to their children, right? So that, you know, if they do choose to expand or, you know, travel somewhere outside of where they're they're currently living, that they have the tools that they need, but that it's grounded in what they know. Uh, so those two organizations seem just like they're doing such great things for the world and, and for people. So I commend you on, on putting those things together. And I also wonder to myself, my goodness, you know, you're, you're a mom, you're a founder, you're a dancer, you're a poet, you run these nonprofit organizations, you must have help. Because how can one person do all of this and, you know, sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, you're right. You're right. I have definitely, you know, first and the foremost thing, I tell this to all my students, parents. Fine arts are very important. They give, they make you know, grounded, big stress busters. You go and dance, listen to music. All day stress is gone, you know. Mm-hmm. So first and the foremost help that I get is from whatever that wisdom that I was talking and about the, you know, my, my poets from 11th century talk to me, my poets from, because I'm, I can read Sanskrit or understand Sanskrit. So, you know, people, the Kalidasa talk to me, many people talk to me. They are all my friends. They're all, they give me that immense, uh, you know, uh, when, when problem comes, I go back and look in time and I am not, you know, I tell this to my sister and, you know, many people that I know that, you know, human race is not born yesterday. Mm. There's so much that you can learn looking into the nature itself. Mm. So you should have that 
you know thirst to learn that's it thirst to understand observe and and do you know adrina what is the most beautiful the, the best things in world are actually pri- the priceless things are for free sunlight is free mm. the oxygen that you are uh, you know consuming is free yeah the water we are drinking of course nowadays you know man made all this pollution and now we are buying raw water but otherwise water is for free mm. you know so battles isn't that the most essential things for human life Yeah. and though all those things are free, you know so so we make our you know in the non-profit very minimal that we charge but that kind of education we give people wouldn't know when i when i ask i ask my children i ask them what about what do we learn here at first they'll say that you know for example i'm teaching telugu they say we are learning telugu i said no we learn to listen mm-hmm. and then we learn to you know think mm. and then we learn to imagine that's mm. what i tell them imagine mm. so three things that we teach here so basically um again sorry i i went somewhere you know, i love it that was good <laughs> <laughs> you you gave you, know. you gave me a, a a visual of peace and you know i like in my mind i immediately put myself in the classroom as a student listening to you and yeah i immediately found a, a sense of peace there so thank you for that and it's so it's so you know it could not be more true that everything that brings us joy and happiness can be found in nature and also with other human beings right and those things they don't cost any money it's a really True. good reminder <laughs> thanks although we do need money to uh make the you know to live in in so many places we we need we need to earn that income and i love the idea of empowering women to sort of have that power because as you mentioned when when women are sort of healthy and they're leading communities we see such positive outcomes true true yes yeah 100% agreed so with respect to health right that's what your question so first my gurus my teachers you know though they are not with me you know whatever indirect health but from direct perspective both nonprofits wonderful team i have you know those similar thinking people you know young mothers predominantly chanakya all women mm-hmm. you know except for one person or two people that's it mainly all mothers who came forward in teaching uh, you know children or taking some uh, you know ba- background work you know to run in on profit there's so much you know ba- uh, so all women led you can call mm-hmm. that so that's uh, the many beautiful wonderful team i don't want to name if i name i may the, the fear is almost yeah. <laughs> so similarly even with virtue tech you know i have wonderful in, you know team especially all my engineers are so good my my other uh, you know my marketing team my all all again even in uh, you know uh, it's a, it's a women leadership our uh, md in india she is really all all senior position many many women that we have here the p- point is yes yes help is there no doubt about it and uh, when you want to do good good will come back in the form of you know in many forms and sometimes it come in the human form mm. yes i love that 
So one of the things that I was hoping that you might be able to share, and not to put you on the spot, but do you have any poem of yours that you've written that you'd like to share on the Sugarcoated podcast today? Sure. Yes. Oh, I'd, we'd love to hear Again, it. Again, this is written. This is, I don't know how much people would, uh, because this is in my mother tongue, but uh, um, if that's okay, I will say that in my mother tongue itself, it's called, you know, the language from southern part of India, it's called Telugu again. Yes. Nakoddu. Nakoddu kantulinu vajravaidhuryalu chini chinambaralu simhasanalu karatala dvanulu panniti jalakalu karpura tambulalu vataniti venaka kanksha tirni kanksha trushna alajadi. అందుకే వరించాను కాలంతో చెదరిని అందాన్ని కాశ్మీర లోయల వైభవాన్ని త్రివేణి సంగమాన్ని నిలువెత్తుగా ఎగిసి విరిగిపడే సముద్రపు కెరటాలని పరంపరలుగా సాగే సంగీతాన్ని గానాన్ని లయనాట్యాన్ని ఇప్పుడు కాంక్షే తృష్ణే అలజడి కనియాచలతారు మోహంలో తడిసి నవయవ్వనినై మరో పరంపరనై సాగిపోతున్నాను సో ద మీనింగ్ ఇస్ వాట్ ఐమ్ సేయింగ్ ఇస్ ఆల్ ది మెటీరియలిస్టిక్ థింగ్స్ that i describe in the poem like the diamonds the rubies the throne you know all whatever you you know i, I i'm saying that i i don't need any of that mm. so the most you know uh, materialistic precious things precious stones and precious uh, you know all that i'm saying i don't need it because it's the more you get it you feel like you want it more but instead of that i have fallen in love with this nature with the music with dance even now i am i have the thirst and is when but the more i drink the more youthful i become like a fountain of youth and then i keep pass it from generations to generations that's what i'm saying oh, so beautiful of course i i don't <laughs> understand the words but the the tone and the way that you uh really that i what i heard was a little anger but maybe it was just yeah. you know the rejection like you said of the material things maybe that's what i heard but i heard i heard a little bit of anger i heard deep passion and then i heard hope those were the three things that i thought of as i was listening to you i would love for the audience to also kind of right in and and let us know what you heard when you heard that poem um i think it was very moving and it really sums up so much of what we were just talking about you know all the material things and and while they're beautiful right and while we do want them there is uh so much more to this life that is more precious than rubies and diamonds so Padma, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself today, your story, and for being such an inspiring woman. I think that one of the things that has really drawn me to you is the fact that you are successful, you are happy and content, and you are multi-passionate, and you have brought all of this into uh, what you do every day. And for me, that's super inspiring. 
And for the audience that's listening, you know, I hope that this message shows you that you can be everything that you are, uh, including an entrepreneur, and that you don't just have to be a business person in order to have extreme joy in your life. So thank you so much. And people want to get in touch with you, you know, just to support you and your nonprofit organizations and the work that you do or even hire you and your team uh, for some of the the uh, data work that they need. How can people get in touch with you? You can, you know, both through my email or my phone number. I'm fine. And I can give you my email address, my first name dot last name at gmail.com which is Padma, P-A-D-M-A dot Ayala, A-Y-A-L-A at gmail.com. And uh, my number is 347-891-5103. Well, hopefully people won't be uh, calling you and uh, bothering you, but uh, we will definitely include your contact information and the link to your website in our show notes. Uh, And just again, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. And I I greatly appreciate you taking the time to share your story uh, and who you are with the She Leads audience. Thank you so much. Yes. The She Leads Podcast Network.